Hey everybody, it's Neil. This is the Monster Maverick Show. And thanks for tuning in on a, well, what for me is a Saturday night. Some people is a Sunday morning. And uh, whatever it is for you, thanks for dropping by. And all of a sudden, I realize my computer is unplugged. I don't know. Uh, I'm just the second worst DJ ever. Alright, <laughs> plugged it back in. Things started going dim. All right, hello, Cope. We got Rondon. We got Dunstable. Enjar, uh, who might be fake newsin. We got Isaria, uh, who was the composer and auteur of that theme song you just heard. Uh, we got PZ, Patient Zero. We got TC Polymath. <laughs> Second worst. Seems legit. It is. Anybody who's uh, watching on the uh, on the video stream, you can see my my lovely uh, basement that I've. Have yet to uh, remodel uh, in the, I guess, nine years I've owned this house. Uh, if you can see the yellow, the entire house was this color uh, before <laughs> when we bought it. The outside is the same color. And uh, the guy who lived here b before was a contractor. And like one of those contractors you definitely don't want to hire because it's just terrible, terrible job of all things. But I guess they had leftover paint at some point and everything was this kind of mustard yellow, which was just horrendous. So, uh, never got around to repainting the basement here, but, um, yeah, this is my Corona, uh, area. 1300 on Sunday. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite a time difference. Um, Donna, you're one of the Aussie crews? Uh, I'm not, don't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, so working from home, uh, time change with the show and everything's kind of killing me, so I might end up uh, moving the show. That's why there was no show last week. I just crashed and wasn't able to to make it. Um, so look out for that in the future. But, uh, yeah, down south. All right. Um, so it's been, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> Souther is, you know. Uh, in the U.S., we call them Southerners, not Southers. Uh, one of those regional dialect things, I'm sure. And uh, in Boston, they uh, they call them Southies. Look out for what? Uh, look out for a possible time change. Ron, are you even listening? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so let's uh, let's transition though, and talk about some of the stuff that I want to talk about. It's going to be kind of a hodgepodge uh, show. Because uh, there have been some some interesting developments, both in the Splinterlands, uh, Souther being more south, okay, uh, in the Splinterlands universe, also in the wider cryptoverse, also in the wider financial um, universe. So um, I did want to hit a couple topics. Uh, Crypto Eater uh, actually messaged me uh, a couple days ago, and I was pretty slow in getting back to him. But uh, he wanted to highlight his idea to enable um, uh, uncombining of cards for a cost. And uh, apparently this has already been suggested to the team, and the team has said no. So uh, I don't know exactly what the, uh, um, you know, what he's so eager to, uh, to talk about. But at some point, probably next week, he'll come on the show and, and give a full... Uh, a full-throated, vigorous defense to his idea, but it's an interesting one. Um, you know, if if you are able to 
or, or if you were able to burn dark energy crystals in order to separate cards, um, that that would be a great sink for um, uh, for dark energy crystals. But also, it would allow for a lot more liquidity in the markets because you know a lot of people, myself included, combine a lot of cards and not necessarily in the most advantageous ways. And you know, it's like, well, do I want to buy more? You know, alpha whatever's. Um, and max out a card, you know, for some ungodly amount of money, or would I rather break them apart for cost, and then, you know, let other people, you know, soak up that liquidity. Uh, So it is an interesting idea. Um, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. I tend to think not, but, um, you know, he will come on at some point and uh, and talk about about that. Um, If you want to read the post, uh, you're welcome to. And uh, the... I think the best uh, comment is Jarvie's comment uh, in in the thread, and uh, it goes through some some m- numerical examples as to uh, what that would mean for things. So uh, check it out, and uh, that'll be a uh, an upcoming post or an upcoming topic on the show. But uh, on to on to other things that are actually happening. So. <laughs> uh, so there was there was this uh, post out uh, what was it twelve days ago now. See, this would have been on, on last week's show, but uh, I couldn't stay awake. So, <laughs> uh, so Splinterlands is now accepting Hive and HPD, to the surprise of nobody, right? Um, I think it's just a matter of time before before Splinterlands moves. I mean, the the Steam network itself is just becoming more and more unusable uh at least in my experience i'm getting all kinds of errors while playing and i don't play that many games you know i I basically do my quests and and that's that's pretty much it uh i'm getting errors like like uh transaction could not be uh processed or something and then it just ignores and then it keeps going so it's it's a very (laughs) is that censored yet uh well uh no it's not censored yet because uh i uh i was able to find it in the splinterlands blog um, if you want to talk censorship, I did have a, f- my first experience with the Steam, uh, censorship, uh, regime. Uh, let's see if I can find that. I made a little video of it and let's see if I can find the right thing. Oh, it's not on Steam Peak. That's right. It's on Peak D. Duh. Let me just pull up the post here. Uh, Steam censorship in action. So I don't want to play the video, but uh, if you want to check it out, you can see how some of the um, some of the um, mechanics are working out. The minute support post saying we're moving to Hive got censored. Yeah, I, I believe that, but that's not what that post is saying from from the Splinterlands. What they're saying is just that they are accepting Hive and HBD as payments, and um, you know. On the one hand, makes sense. Uh, you know, Hive and HPD are, you know, extremely similar, obviously, to Steam and SPD as far as you know transactional processing. So it's no big deal to add that to Splinterlands. Um, but I think you know, from comments that we've heard from the team and just overall user experience and you know the things we're seeing in the Discord of of Splinterlands, I, I really think it's just a matter of time. And uh, a lot of people. Uh, are going to be upset with that, um, you know, especially, you know, those people who were, you know, mostly in the SCT community and, uh, you know, had their, uh, 
did not get an airdrop and you know whatever term you want to use for that obviously uh they feel slighted you know that's understandable i think but um yeah it's looking like that's the way it's going to go and you know for me i i don't really have a dog in the race um i want the game to work so i i understand not working with steam uh because you know the nodes are not reliable or the node i guess um but uh you know, I would rather, and, and I actually mentioned this to Yabba, that I would rather see uh, Splinterlands develop a a true, like, database-only blockchain specifically to support blockchain gaming. And um, the response I got was like, yeah, we agree, it's a great idea, we've had similar kind of thoughts, but, you know, bandwidth and resources are nowhere near uh, sufficient to... Uh, to do that kind of thing right now and you know i understand that so um but uh, for the long term i would i would love to see something like that and that kind of ties in with what i was saying or what i've said in the past about splinterlands becoming a meta blockchain game where you could have assets on multiple chains of of you know nfts and then it could it could read those assets in multiple places and then you could you could run you know your operations for actually you know playing the game uh, with those disparate assets. I, I think that's the way to go because, uh, you know, getting involved in the politics of this kind of stuff is just, uh, is, is not helpful, you know, to, to the game. Right. Um, and then it also allows, you know, the communities of, of different groups to be more involved, I think. So like, you know, there was just the, uh, the wax integration, which, which had been around for months, uh, you know, got some, got some press from the wax side on Twitter. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, that was a few days ago. Um, again, nothing new. Just um, you know, they decided to publicize it, and um, yeah. So I, I think making things more accessible uh, to more communities uh, will be will be a good thing. Uh, but you know, that's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, another thing I just wanted to hit on real quick uh, was the updates, and this was. Few, five days ago, uh, we can hit uh, that post right there. Uh, player titles and profile updates. So uh, titles are being added. Uh, one thing I have not checked is if, if mine are, are actually available yet. Because uh, so in the Kickstarter, part of the um, part of the some of the packages were titles. So I don't see anything. Uh, in my profile here, uh, maybe I have to do something more. I don't know, uh, but they are coming. So uh, adding titles to the game, or no, that's not what said. So first, we are adding player custom player titles. They will be shown after the player's account name everywhere in the game. The first titles will be the Untamed, which was included in the thousand dollar and higher contribution tiers from our recent crowdfunding campaign, as well as the custom titles from the 10k packages. I don't know why that's plural, because TC Polymath, as far as I know, is the only one who got that. Uh, in the future, uh, we will also be adding additional titles for players to earn in various ways as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't even remember what the title that I bought was, uh, but it was, you know, whatever was included in the package. So uh, that'll be that'll be fun. Um, probably get a Kickstarter code in email so you can choose what account to add them to. Uh, that would make sense. Um, 
So titles will also be transferable in the near future. We are working on an inventory screen in-game for players to manage all of their non-card NFTs, which include titles, skins, and some items that will be added in the future. We will also plan to create a market for these non-card NFTs as well, so they can be easily bought and sold just like cards. That's pretty exciting, uh, especially if titles or certain titles uh, end up having effects. So skins, yes, has been kind of uh, a, you know, a... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to call it a flop, but uh, has not seen much uh, much activity, at least not that I've seen in the game. And if you go over to the shop, I believe you can actually see the counts. Uh, let's see, skins, choose a set, uh, bah, 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 bah. Splinterstorm. Yeah, there's still only the one theme, and there's it looks like, you know, there's like 15 have been purchased of the various cards so not a lot um only eight swamp things have been bought so yeah uh <laughs> not a quick seller but part of the thing is that you know one they're very limited because there's only the one and uh as far as i know they have not opened that up to third-party developers yet which i think would be a big um a big win and they aren't transferable so so yeah but by making them transferable i think that will that will um, add uh, potential to that to that market, but the titles I think are really cool because uh, you know everybody wants their bragging points. I certainly do. So um, you know if I could buy something that sounded really cool with uh, with my name, I think that would be awesome. And um, you know it'll it'll remain to be seen if they develop this marketplace how well the third party market makers are able to integrate with that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why Banjo is blaming Canada, but sure, why not? And yeah, so let's see. There, these changes are scheduled to go live on April thirteenth, which is Monday, I guess. Uh, fourteen hundred UTC or ten AM Eastern. And the untamed titles from the crowdfunding campaign will also be given out to eligible players on or before that date. So that should be uh, pretty close. Uh, technical change, price cha price feed average time change. Uh, it was 12 hours for the moving average of the prices to prevent, you know, market manipulation. And now they've shortened that to three hours and they're keeping it that way. And a little bit of adjustments in the champion one league, um, which, you know, applies to what, 50 players, something like that. So they're going to be, uh, they're going to remove the positive bias to the ranking system, which I think is a good move. And, uh, it'll be, make it more more competitive and not just a matter of spamming like a 50% win rate. Uh, so that's cool. We're getting a couple new rule sets, uh, heavy hitters, which everybody has knockout, which is kind of fun. Uh, that'll make the stun uh, ability pretty intense. Um, and, you know, cleanse too, but, you know, very few cards have cleanse. So, um, yeah, in fact, let's just take a quick count. I, I can only think of like three off the top of my head, that have cleanse, but I'm, let's see, what else we got, uh, we got, oh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six cards have cleanse, so we've got uh, the herbalist on the life team, we've got the silver sheet bard, also on the life team, uh, we have truth speaker, also on life, and mermaid healer on water, zalorant efreet on fire, and diamond dragon on the dragons, so, yeah, um, so Earth and and Death 
uh, are looking a little bit sparse there. So you would need to play, uh, if you wanted to use those cards, you would need to do a diamond, um, you would need to use a diamond, or sorry, not a diamond, a dragon team to, uh, to be able to play uh, like that. So, interesting. Uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be a new meta for that. And then uh, we're also getting uh, Equalizer, which I think is actually really interesting. So, the initial health of all monsters is equal to that of the monster on either team with the highest base health. So, if somebody throws in a max level uh, Peaceful Giant, everybody has 17 health. So, that's going to dramatically change dynamics. Uh, oh, so, I think that'll be fun to, to see. And then, again, those will come out um, on the 13th. And Development Pipeline stuff, you know, they're... Looking at, uh, they've completed the initial development of Anytime Tournaments, which is the asynchronous, um, and expecting uh, public testing soon, in the next few weeks, which is cool. And then after that, they're working on separate leaderboards for different leagues, which is something the community has requested for a long time. And yeah, this is, um, you know, to deal with the, um, uh, these, the farmer bot accounts that are playing like, you know, level one cards up into... You know, gold two or whatever it is, um, and there's been there's been lots and lots of complaining about the leagues and about the bots and ad nauseum uh, in the in the chats. So um, hopefully this will rectify or address uh, most of that because uh, really I'm just tired of hearing about it. So <laughs> I've been hearing about it for you know a year and a half, uh, almost two years at this point. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, any, any kind of change, uh, that there's going to be, you know, somebody's going to complain, but, uh, as long as it's like, a uh, a, uh, oh, lost audio. Uh, let's see. Can you see me? Okay. All right. Yeah. It sounds like it's just you, uh, TC. I probably can't hear me. <laughs> And he's back. Can you hear us now? All right, great. Um, so yeah, uh, one thing about uh, my my internet connection here is that just randomly it like pauses for like twenty seconds and then it comes back. So if that happens, just bear with me. Uh, you know, it it's not like a dropped frame uh, issue. It's just it's just weird, and um, hopefully it won't be too much of an issue. Because uh, it's it's intermittent. It's not like every so often. It's just you know, a couple times a day. Uh, but yeah, so those those are the relevant uh, announcements from the actual team. So um, probably going to move to Hive, and uh, you know those those development changes, new rule sets, titles, and uh, change to the champion uh, ranking system. So cool stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to the anytime tournaments. I think uh, that will dramatically, well, I don't know how dramatically, uh, but it will expand the tournament um, player base. So, uh, speaking of player base, let's take a look at the Steam Web statistics. And where did I put that? Well, first, um, it wouldn't really change it. Yeah, the more reliable nodes will be good. Uh, the change will be that the uh, the SCT players will be pissed. <laughs> that's that's the main change. Um, also, you know, there's going to be some prob prob possible sentiment changes about um, 
you know, um, the branding of, of what chain you're using. So, you know, uh, I think sentiment right now is probably on the hive side. Um, but you know, the price just got crushed <laughs> a little while back. Uh, looks like, you know, the, the chatter I've seen has been blaming Binance for releasing, uh, funds for Justin as a special case and then him just dumping to crush the price, which might be true. I don't know. Uh, but you know, one of the great things about um, about Discord is that if you're in a, if you're in a channel with Banjo, you can throw dollar sign ticker asterisks and it'll bring up both Hive and uh, uh, Hive and Steam uh, tickers. So like on Bitrix, Hive is trading at ten cents, ten point eight cents, and on uh, and for Steam it's fifteen cents. So both are low, <laughs> both are not good, but you know, Hive was, was doing better there for a second. Um, so yeah, is what it is, right? So again, I would rather see Splinterlands on a, on a gaming, uh, blockchain rather than having to deal with all this nonsense. Uh, but on to the statistics. So here's the market cap. We got a little bit of an uptick, uh, over the past little while. Uh, that's from the Discord bot, and then you know on the um, on Rafalski Steamweb.pl, uh, we've got the battles per day, which is looking you know okay. Uh, let's see if I can my screen will grab will work. Okay. Ooh, this is going slow. Okay. So here we have uh, battles per day, slight downtrend uh, from end of March, which you would think would be um, which would be different because you know everybody's sticking to, sticking at home. So I guess whatever amount of people were playing is that's who was playing. So uh, there's no we're not seeing any uptick um, to uh, to the number of battles played. Active users, same kind of story. The downtrend is not as noticeable. Uh, it's pretty flat. Flat to up, I would say. Um, and, uh, you know, that's... I'm, I'm not entirely sure how he counts all real players, but um, whatever it is, it's been a consistent measurement. So we'll, we'll go with that. Um, and then... Let's see. What else did I want to do? Ah, this was interesting. The packs purchased... So we got a nice little bump in uh, in packs, in untamed, you know, in booster packs, over the last uh, what three days. So I don't know what those are coming from. I don't know if we've got some new people or a new whale or two entering uh, the market, but um, yeah, that's a bunch. We got three thousand or twenty nine forty three, and then seventeen eighty three, and then four thousand twenty. So let's do a little that happens when deck goes down sure 1783 and deck has been going down that's going to be next on the <laughs> next on the charts so 8746 packs over the last uh, three days uh, which is a, which is a good chunk you know I think we are at uh, about 50 percent to the next um, uh, to the next uh, release of the airdrop. So 
uh, we're about 57%, which is pretty good. Uh, that's actually progressing faster than I thought it would. So that's a plus. And, uh, you know, along with that, we got a slight, and, you know, I emphasize slight uh, bump in, uh, in the overall market prices. And let's see, was there anything else I wanted to show on Steam Web? Doesn't look like it. You know, we had the we had the million deck uh, tournament uh, a couple days ago, that was pretty popular. Um, we got uh, actually, yeah, we have a lot of. You know, the tournament activity is, is pretty interesting, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this changes over you know when we get anytime tournaments because you know like for one thing i'll be playing tournaments and i don't now just because it's it just takes too much time so here we could see that um we had a lot of registrations over the last uh couple days uh, last week or so for tournaments but then actual players it was up but it was not like you know so far up uh, like it shows in the uh in the registrations um, and then, you know, with any time tournaments that will, you know, potentially rectify that or at least a portion of it. Uh, they were talking in the discord about, um, uh, fixing cooldowns with tournaments, which will be a good, a good change. And then, uh, you know, we'll see, hopefully, you know, more players playing tournaments, less abuse inside tournaments, uh, as far as, you know, trying to game the system. So, uh, overall, I think they will be a net positive, but of course... The, the, the story or the, the name of the game is growing the player base. You know, shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic doesn't do a whole lot. Somebody might end up with more chairs. Somebody might end up with less chairs, but overall doesn't help, uh, the whole, uh, system. So what is it going to mean to, uh, to bring in more people? Now, we all, or not we all, but the, those of you who have been around in the, in the Steam and Hive and whatever Splinterlands ecosystem for a while have seen the ups and downs in the user base, um, you know, that's very tightly correlated with the price of Steam. Uh, and I guess in the future will be correlated with the price of Hive. And of course, that tends to follow with the overall crypto markets. So we had some some big developments um, this past week. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed, but we're in the beginnings of a global depression. Uh, so uh, you know, people are not at work, and uh, then you know we had this crazy stimulus uh, stuff passed in the U.S. and various other flavors passed in other countries around the world. Um, and you know, the meme has been money money printer go. Brrr. I can't even roll my R's anymore. There we go. So, um, and it's gotten worse <laughs> in just the past couple of days. Um, so the the uh, the thing to to keep in mind is that one, the you know the Federal Reserve is is I would argue the most important uh, central bank in the world. Um, you know the ones. <laughs> I'll say it again, Ron. Money printer go brrrr. All right. So, you know, the the uh, the central banks of the world, there's the Fed, there's the ECB, there's the Bank of England, there's the People's Bank of China, there's the Bank of Japan. And, I mean, obviously there are other ones, but I think those are the, the most important 
most important ones. And uh, so the Fed, if we look at the balance sheet here, uh, spiked to you know crazy all time high. Um, oh, this is an this is an indexed uh, number. So I think it's up to six trillion. Let's see if I can edit this and uh, change this to from an index to just millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. So yeah, we're up to uh, six point six point oh eight three trillion. Uh, which is which is way above the uh, you know the previous high from you know QE3 and uh, yeah so there's been a lot of people saying that this is going to drive the price of crypto up and you know maybe so you know the thing to understand is that people not working and people especially people not paying loans uh, like mortgages like credit cards like um, you know, car notes and stuff like that is very, very deflationary because uh, you have to understand how the the fractional reserve system works. So, the uh, bank holds. Uh, let's just use a simple example. You deposit a hundred dollars into a bank, and then the bank uses that as collateral to create new money. And uh, under you know the old rules that used to be like if you had a hundred, if the bank had a hundred dollars, it could loan create loans of, you know, when you go through the iterations, up to $1,000 uh, of loans. So when those loans don't get paid back, that $1,000 that of, of money that is now out there gets destroyed. So, uh, you know, people not working and, and not paying their mortgages and all these kinds of things is, is destroying money uh, quite a bit. And the Fed is trying to counteract that with all this crazy stuff that they're doing. So... Um, so, you know, where will it balance out? Will it balance out net inflationary? Will it balance out net deflationary? We don't know. So the people who are saying, oh, you know, the Fed's printing money, therefore crypto rises. Like, whoa, well, let's hold on a second. It's not that simple. Uh, you know, and then you have to add in the sentiment, um, you know, layer on top of that. It was like, you know, when, as people see this happening, you know, does does their mind shift to say, well, holding dollars is no longer or is a less reliable asset than I thought it was. And, you know, should I then sell dollars and buy, you know, crypto or buy gold or buy real estate or buy whatever? Um, you know, real estate is a very slow moving market, so that, that's obviously not been the case. Um, but uh, if we look at, uh, let me pull up the trading, trading view, I'll pull up a Bitcoin chart here. Uh, Let's see, ba -da -da. BTC, USD, let's zoom in a bit, let's look at the daily, uh, so we can see we caught a bid, uh, let's copy that, should we buy cards? Well, that is the question, isn't it? So uh, this is just uh, BTC from Bitfinex. Looks like daily chart. Uh, we saw we saw that monkey hammer down on the March twelfth, and then uh, you know it's been it's been you know rising back you know, but it's not been it's not been a moonshot like uh, like a lot of people thought it would be. And then similarly, or, not, or sorry, not similarly, if we look at gold, which has a much more traditional um, uh, you know alternative safe haven uh, function. 
then that has caught a bid and is at, you know, pretty close to all-time highs. Um, you know, there's some wicks that are that are higher. And, uh, you know, we hit, um, what was it, 1900 back in the previous financial crisis. So, you know, we're, we're pretty close uh, already uh, to that. So um, people are definitely rotating more into gold than they are into crypto. Uh, we will have to see how that works out over time. Um, so the point of all that is to say that, well, you know, Steam follows Bitcoin to, you know, a large degree, and the price of Steam has actually been dropping, both in fiat terms uh, and, in, um, and in Satoshi terms. So all of that means that, you know, Dark Energy Crystals and the other assets inside of the, uh, the Splinterlands ecosystem have been just not doing great. And we can see that on the on the uh, the market cap chart that uh, you know we saw a peak uh, you know going into untamed I'll just repaste it here copy paste and um, yeah it's just been, <laughs> it's just been tough so the question is is it worth buying cards and that is predicated on crypto rising and bringing more users into the crypto sphere and you know some portion of those make their way into splinterlands and you know at, at the moment i'd say the evidence is mixed um we saw we saw bitcoin you know rise a little bit uh over the last um little while but you know has not recovered from that from that one day slam uh fully so you know i don't know and then just just to make things more complicated, <laughs> deck is greater than cards. Maybe. Uh, so let's take a look at deck. Uh, so I'm looking at uh, you know the next.steamengine.com uh, site, and this is what this is what we've been doing. This was what the the price has been doing. We had that uh, that fraud attack, which was honestly barely noticeable. <laughs> um, you know, right now we're hanging out at uh, twenty five. Uh, you know, 0.0025 steam uh, per per dark energy crystal, uh, but then we have to keep in mind that this is in steam P, right? So what has steam been doing? And here we have a one-year chart. And uh, so the answer is nothing good. <laughs> you know, there was. Uh, yeah, try to sell some alpha cards, no-go. Yeah, I mean, there's there's almost no liquidity in alpha cards, um, which uh, is unfortunate because I have 3% of all the alpha cards. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we saw the spikes, you know, with the with the hive battle and, and going... Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the overall chart in Steam P. So, um, you know, all the way back to the lows that we started off in back in June, July, a year ago, which is, uh, which is sad, but really, you know, all things Splinterlands are priced in us dollars. So we have to, we have to multiply that chart out, um, in, in dollars, which, um, I do keep track of loosely, uh, on my own spreadsheets, but I have not updated that in quite a while. And it takes a little while to actually do that. So I don't have that chart ready. Point is that steam's falling, um, you know, users are abandoning Steam 
because of the whole political split and the um, the net result is you know price is down so the price of dark energy crystals is down even though it's staying you know kind of steady in steam terms um, you know and so far we we saw that some people like TC Polymath was was saying some people are taking advantage of that to use that arbitrage to buy packs um, but uh, you know it's it's nowhere near <laughs> nowhere near enough and also you know the you know when you use dark energy crystals to buy packs it's not actually a burn because that money that dark energy crystal money gets recycled in tournaments so um, I don't know what the rate of recycling is um, I think you know aggro could answer that if if they chose to but um, yeah it's it's not like you're destroying deck and shrinking the supply bottom line um, and uh, you know so at adding complication to the whole uh, money printer versus crypto uh, question is this story uh, that well a couple things happened so part of the part of the changes in regulation uh, was that you know how I said you know if you deposit a hundred dollars bank can loan thousand dollars well they as of March 20 something um, they got rid of the reserve requirement entirely so at, at this point a bank can lend as much as it wants uh, the problem is that um, you know and reserves don't matter they can be zero reserves uh, which which they were anyway but you know they at least played paid lip service to it in in the past but now that's gone so uh, banks can make as many loans as they want backed by nothing and uh, the goal being to stimulate you know uh, spending right and stimulate uh, economic activity however there's nobody to lend to because businesses are shut down so maybe when uh, the, the the first wave of, of virus you know lockdown passes then uh, things will, will pick back up and, and loan activity will increase velocity of money will go back up all those kinds of things and then we'll start to see um, you know price inflation and and uh, then see crypto catch a bid maybe uh, in the meantime another thing another crazy thing that the Fed did is they have said they're going to start buying um, formerly investment grade company debt that then dropped to junk uh, debt so uh, this is a little technical thing where um, in the bond market uh, companies are rated by the three uh, US rating agencies and um, you know, at a certain level, uh, basically the, the middle of the Bs, um, they're that or higher, they're considered investment grade, which means um, that, you know, mutual funds and index funds and, and kinds of things can, institutional buyers can buy them. Um, and if they get below that because of either business activity gets gets worse or the outlook gets looks bad or whatever, uh, the, the rating, ratings agencies downgrade them and then they become you know high yield or junk or whatever you want to call it just not as reliable uh of payers in the rating agency's opinions so once that happens the those institutional buyers or at least a large percentage of them have to then sell those bonds which uh, decreases the price of the bonds and increases the yields and that's why they're called high yield so uh, what the Federal Reserve did uh, was they came out with a new rule saying that, well, if you were, if your company had corporate debt 
that was that was investment grade before March twenty second, and or March twenty fourth. It was it was right around my birthday, whatever it was. Um, I'll try to find the exact date. Uh, da, 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 da. But um, if it, if it was investment grade and then it dropped, then we we the Fed are going to start buying some of that debt, and um, you know basically they they picked the date. It was right around when Ford got downgraded. Um, so, you know, this is, this is like full Japan mode. So, uh, I, I feel like I keep making tangents, but this is, this is all, all related to the overall story. So, um, you know, Japan in the eighties had the, the fastest growing economy in the world. There were, there were people who would buy a Toyota or a Honda or whatever, and like a, a, I guess a used one. And I remember seeing on the news as a kid that people were, were making an event out of it where they would, they would smash, uh, one of these cars with a sledgehammer and, uh, they called it like Japan bashing. And, uh, it was all it, like in, in reaction to the, the, the growth and strength of Japanese economy and the Nikkei 225, which is their, their version of the S and P, uh, you know, peaked at crazy levels at one point uh tokyo real estate was worth more than like every other real estate in the world like combined it was some crazy uh, amount i don't remember the exact specifics it was you know 30 years ago so uh but you know if you if you look at the actual chart of the nikkei it looks like this so you see that peak over on the left that was 1989 and then it came down, like all bubbles burst, and then it bounced around and it came down. Uh, that was, you know, the dot-com bubble, and it came down again in the, uh, in the uh, you know, financial crisis. And, uh, you know, it, it, had a, it had a hell of a rally since then, you know, just like every other market in the world. But it's still, like, what, uh, 24 versus uh, 38. So it's still, like, uh, you know, a third off from its all-time peak. That was 30 years ago. And part of the problem with that is that the Japanese basically invented quantitative easing. And the Bank of Japan has done stuff like directly buying uh, Japanese company equities and, and, and bonds. And basically has done all the things that the Fed is now doing. Their rates are now negative. U.S. rates are now zero. They're going to be negative before too long. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Uh, so... You know, I fully expect that these plans that the Fed is is doing is not going to work. And we're going to end up, you know, in a very similar kind of stagnating uh, economy that Japan has had for the last 30 years. And, um, you know, I, I did the math a while ago. This was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe, uh, where I, I, f I did the math where, like, if you were... An investor and you had done the dollar cost averaging thing into the Japanese market it's like what would your net result have been because the you know, stock market goes up right so if you had done that as a Japanese person and bought the the Japanese index then your your rate of return over a working lifetime would have been about one percent which is a disaster because you know inflation is more than one percent so you actually would have lost money over over that investing uh, career. 
And uh, if you notice, you know, Japan has the has one of the oldest populations uh, in the world, and they have very few kids, and it's a it's becoming a giant problem for them. And a big part of the reason is that the birth rates have fell, fallen off a cliff over the last uh, you know generation because the economy is so bad. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, it just boggles my mind that people can't connect those two dots. Um, so all that is to say that, you know, there's going to be crazy gyrations in the markets and it is really unclear how that's going to affect people either opting out of the dollar or opting out of the stock markets and going into crypto, which then affects you know how many people get into steam or hive or whatever ends up being and how many people make their way into blockchain gaming and become users in splinterlands so uh it's it's a it's a big it's a big picture uh that's going on and you know even though we are you know a tiny little little group of you know i guess four thousand uh you know play i call them playing accounts because you know it's probably what 2500 maybe 3000 actual players um, you know, and the, the future prospects of, of how all that affects us are significant and I don't know the answer. So, you know, Ron asked, should I buy cards? It's like, eh, I don't know. Um, you know, if, if you want to play and you need more cards, absolutely. Right. But if you're, if you're talking investment speculation returns, it's it's just it's just cloudy. It's hard to say. I mean, rental market's still you know doing nothing. Uh, I put out a bunch of summoners and a couple of legendaries for all escrow with just point oh oh one per day uh, rental charges, and uh, there's been no bites on that. Um, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I had a better answer, uh, but uh, you know. I, I, I saw Yabba commenting that, you know, he and, you know, the rest of the team are, are thinking big. You know, they're looking to grow in the ways that we want them to grow, in the, in the sense that um, we want, you know, to be not just a big blockchain game, which Splinterlands already is the biggest blockchain game, um, but uh, in terms of users anyway. But also, you know, we want to be a, a, just a big game. And uh, that would mean, you know, several several times multiple of the user base, and they're totally on board with that. Uh, and they say they have they have plans. Uh, we don't really know what those plans are yet, but uh, but hopefully they come to fruition. You know, my my wallet would be uh, would be very happy with that because uh, right now uh, my collection value is is looking. I mean, obviously, it's it's more than most because I've put in way too much money into this thing. But <laughs> but uh, the market price is sixty two, and you know, at that prior high, um, it was like ninety six or something like that. It was ninety something. Uh, so it's down, you know, roughly thirty percent since then. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm riding the wave. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Steve R82 says I rented out a few more cards, but I'm not a whale, so just a few more pennies a day. Sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, this, the, the cynical uh, part of me says that with anytime tournaments and, and with more activity, then there will be more bot rentals of, of cards so that, you know, they can operate in more tournaments. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just 
you know, the first, <laughs> the first negative thing that comes to mind. And uh, Patient Zero says, when they get you on the Fed blockchain and you can't get the money out of your wallet, those negative interest rates will pay themselves with your account balance. Uh, yeah, I mean, the chance... So they've been talking about central bank digital currencies and, and digital dollars and all this kind of stuff. It's never going to be real blockchain. Not a chance. There is there is a 0% chance that the government and the Fed, which is quasi-government, uh, is going to open themselves up to the accountability that a blockchain brings. So uh, <laughs> there will be negative rates. That is true. And they will want to ban or limit cash transactions, which they're already doing with the whole coronavirus stuff. But... Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. So, you know, at that point, it's possible that some people will will opt into crypto. Uh, they call that a stitch up down under. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it's possible that when that happens, some people will rotate into crypto. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, it depends on on how much much fear there is and how much capital control uh, is implemented into the, uh, to the financial systems. So uh, this is kind of a so- somewhat separate topic, but uh, it drives me insane that people took the, the greatest monetary revolution of the past, what, 5,000 years and turned it into a financial asset that acts just like every other thing by, by, trading on centralized exchanges it just boggles my mind and i don't know if it's a lack of imagination for people or uh you know the people trading on exchanges just don't care and they're just in there to make money which is probably the explanation um but it's just it just drives me insane it's like why would you have a distributed ledger that is decentralized and then put your money into a uh, an escrow account and then hope that the exchange you know, works as you think it'll work for your benefit. When you could just as easily just use a decentralized exchange and do peer-to-peer transactions because it's a peer-to-peer technology. Uh, and, and I don't know. I don't, I don't want to rant for too long. I've only got <laughs> eight minutes left in the show. But <laughs> I, it's, just, it's just crazy. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like that, uh, like that meme from Zoolander. See if I can find a a, a a GIF. Come on, Discord. There we go. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's just <laughs> rant, bro, rant. Oh man. So, you know, it, it like in the beginning, you know, there's a. Well, you know, so, so Steve, it's not, so he says most people don't care that much about the decentralized stuff. And that's true. However, the, the history of, of Bitcoin exchanges and crypto exchanges in general is horrendous. So you would think that just simple experience would, would lead people to believe, it's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't leave my money with this exchange. I don't know, maybe. Uh, you know, the number of hacks and, and stolen things. And there was the guy in Canada who died and the nobody had the key to the cold wallet. All kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, but, you know, your your money is not safe on an exchange. It just isn't. Uh, 
you know, and, and history has shown that, you know, from, from Mount Gox onward, right? Uh, but, but the crazy thing to me is that, so, again, you know, Bitcoin was invented as a, as a money, an alternative financial instrument uh, during the last financial crisis. And the thing that's really holding it back from being an actual money is, uh, is the universal usage. And by treating it like a stock or, or like a property, it is, is not helping advance that universal usage. So, I mean, people are just, are just shooting themselves to the foot. Uh, so yeah, you don't leave stuff on exchanges. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I, so like when I'm cashing out my steam and my hive, I sell it through Bitrix, which is a centralized exchange because that's pretty much my only choice. Ionomy is great, but, uh, it's doesn't have enough volume for me, um, to, uh, to actually transact, you know, my power downs, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I sell my my hive and I sell my my steam, and then I immediately transfer my Bitcoin to my to my own wallet. So uh, I don't leave anything on there for more than however long it takes to confirm transactions. I mean, talking thirty minutes or less. But uh, but anyway, so like you know, in the beginning there was debt, there was commodity uh, type money like salt and the Yap Island uh, stones and uh, gold and silver and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, just became... Uh, <laughs> BTC is a, is a dinosaur. That is true. The 10-minute thing is, is just crazy. However, uh, you know, why not Litecoin? Whatever. I mean, so I, I sell all my stuff to Bitcoin right now because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Bitcoin has remained the... Uh, the crypto market leader, and any money coming into crypto is going to go into Bitcoin first. And we saw that in the last rally a couple years ago, that Bitcoin led the the rise of of all the altcoins by about a month. And I think that same dynamic will will occur if um, if we see another spike. So that's how that's how I'm doing it. That's not financial advice, even though I used to be a financial advisor or an investment advisor, technically. Um, and dinosaurs were around for a long time. That's a good point, Lax. They ruled the Earth for like 300 million years. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But anyway, point is, centralized exchanges are, you know, are crazy talk. Uh, if you can avoid them, don't use them. Uh, it would be light years better for everybody, except for the governments, uh, to use decentralized exchanges. And when the capital controls come, you want to make sure you have those those systems set up so that you can transfer your uh, your fiat do you know dollars or yen or whatever you're using into you know decentralized exchange systems so that you can start using your crypto as actual money rather than as a speculative asset. So that's just my two cents. <laughs> this is Neil's show. He usually charges hundred dollars for an hour's time, so consider yourself lucky. And that is actually true. I do charge hundred dollars an hour for consults, um, a lot more for tax work. But uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, so one of the Steve R says one of the issues I see with crypto is a lot of stuff assumes people can buy stuff when in fact a lot of the world lives on credit. Uh, that is true. Um, you know there are. 
probably credit systems are probably going to evolve uh, as crypto becomes uh, becomes a money. It is not yet. Um, this kind of goes into uh, Peter Schiff's uh, hate on Bitcoin, because um, so in in Austrian economics, there's this thing called the regression theorem, regression theorem, which says that. In order for a money to exist, it has to be derived that from, like, if you regress back far enough, it was a commodity money that was universally accepted. So, um, and, and his argument against Bitcoin is that it was invented just out of the blue, so it did not go through the progression theorem. What he doesn't realize is that we are going through that process now. Uh, so crypto is, is currently a commodity uh, that advertises as of money, but it's not actually money yet because you can't really spend it, at least not universally. So, um, you know, as, as that acceptance expands, that regression theorem becomes satisfied and then it becomes money, but we're not there yet. So, uh, I hope we will someday, you know, uh, back when, when clients were coming into the office, uh, you know, I had to ask them the new tax question and said, you know, are you, did you buy or sell or trade or do anything with any kind of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? Uh, cause that's a question on the new U S tax returns. And, uh, so I kept track while people were in the office, 2% said yes, and most of it was, oh yeah, I bought like $10 or $100 of Bitcoin, and they're just sitting on it. Um, you know, another 2% said, oh, it's a scam, I don't trust that. And uh, another like 15% said um, said that, uh, you know, just what is that? Never heard of it. <laughs> and uh, the, the remainder just said some variant of no. Um, so, I mean, the the uh, we are a long, long ways from that uh, from that universal uh, adoption uh, as a money. But uh, yeah, so you know, I tell people though, uh, a lot of those people would ask me like, well, what do you think about this whole crypto thing? And I tell them that you know, a hundred years from now, we're not going to be trading pieces of paper. It's just I don't think it's going to happen. When between now and hundred years from now that switch happens, I don't know which technology will be the winner of that race or you know which of a few will be winners i don't know that either right now it's bitcoin we'll see how it goes uh but you know that that market shift into crypto has to happen in order for the player base to grow uh unless the team pulls a rabbit out of their hat and uh, i hope they do but um otherwise we are stuck waiting until market trends uh make that happen but with that uh, I am out of time, so thank you all for tuning in, uh, whether you're watching on the stream or in the Discord channel or just watching this uh, later on as, as a replay. But uh, we'll catch you all next week on Monster Mavericks.